Welcome to What Do You Need to Know About God in Today's World? Today, in part two, let's continue to explore controversial practices of progressives. They're normalizing racism. They're no longer adhering to Martin Luther King's idea of judging people by the content of their character, but instead are resorting to discriminatory practices. For example, our government's new equity laws are racist as they are now legalizing discrimination against white people, rewarding financial opportunities strictly to black and minority businesses over their white counterparts. And even a judge has already struck this law down. Because discrimination against whites is just as abhorrent as the discrimination against blacks and minorities, and discrimination is never justifiable in the eyes of God. Also, the left's critical race theory is discriminatory as it portrays whites as inherently racist. But God creates no one to be inherently racist. It's a learned behavior, an obvious fact as you observe children who freely socialize with other races. This theory also labels whites as oppressors and blacks as the oppressed, as if being an oppressor is an endemic trait of all whites and only whites. But that's a false premise because historically, one nation dominating or oppressing another nation has always occurred. Going all the way back to the Canaanites, Philistines, Assyrians, Persians, Babylonians, and Egyptians, all non-white ethnic groups, they all conquered and enslaved their enemies. Even Attila the Hun invaded and conquered Rome. Furthermore, African tribes dominated and enslaved each other, and so did Mayan, Aztec, and Native Americans. And today, China is still looking for world domination, so any one group of people can be labeled as oppressors. Furthermore, it's always an error to generalize and indict a whole race of people because people are individuals, not groups, and their makeup is much more complicated than some ascribed blanket attributes. Essentially, this theory has no real credibility and is flawed at its roots. But secondly, this theory portrays blacks as victims, which they are not, and they shouldn't be taught to identify as victims or taught the concept that it's whites who is suppressing their success. The victim mentality simply leaves blacks in a self-imposed state of helplessness with the notion that they can never rise above their circumstances and environment. But blacks and every person need to realize that no man's destiny is left in the hands of another man. It is God, hard work, and self-reliance that are the primary determining factors in achieving one's economic success and goals. The irony is that many of those who are making the claim that America and all white people are inherently racist and impede the progress of blacks are some of the most privileged, successful minorities in this country, whom racism nor white people inhibited their success, but they want you to think that it will inhibit yours. And while they claim to be anti-racist, they're stirring up racism in the country and dividing it along racial lines as they amplify these claims of a racist America. But I believe that most people operate according to Dr. King's model that we judge every person by their character and not by their race because anything else contributes to racism and destroys the beautiful prospects of racial harmony of our country. And even God himself does not judge us as a group, but individually, and he judges us by our character. And we as a nation need to get back to that standard of God and of Dr. King. Next, they're normalizing censorship. 
Now, I've done a previous segment on freedom of speech, so I will only make a few points here. First, big tech and the government are primarily censoring and banning conservatives and those who deviate from their narrative. And the message is comply or be banned, which is unconstitutional and a concentrated extreme amount of power to be given to any platform or government to be the sole authority to scrutinize and distribute information available to the public. Now, they claim that they are removing disinformation, but they are not experts in every field, yet they are removing content of experts and not permitting debates. And this totally eliminates your right to have access to all views on any topic and moves us closer to a totalitarian state rather than a free state. And while most people in the media are eerily silent about it, we should protect every citizen's right of free speech. For a free country must permit free speech in public, on all platforms, and on all forums if it is to remain free. They're normalizing Marxism and socialism as the Democratic Party and government adopt policies that enlarges itself and makes itself solely responsible for virtually all of its citizens' needs, offering free stuff and making claims to make the rich pay their fair share. The problem is all of this is an age-old concept and has never worked. Instead, it has always led to poverty for the majority and increased wealth strictly for those at the top with no middle class. And not only do the rich end up paying for the government's largesse, but so does every citizen. The irony is that the people who are espousing these socialist ideas have benefited from capitalism and the American system of economics. And while they're promoting socialism, people under such impoverished regimes like Cuba are protesting and fleeing these countries to come to America and experience financial freedom because no government can guarantee you equal outcomes for all. Closing loopholes for the rich is one thing, but penalizing and taxing the income of the wealthy to subsidize government largesse has never worked, especially for the working class. And why should the hard worker who expended all their energy, resources, and assets to attain much be responsible for the person who's not interested in attaining anything but a government disbursement? This is the main reason why we have inequities, because this success depends on a person's goals, motivation, drive, and willingness to succeed. And if government's going to guarantee financial generosity, then that's going to inhibit such drives. That's why even with all its flaws, capitalism is far superior because it offers us all equal opportunity to succeed without penalizing anyone. I like these two quotes from Ronald Reagan. The first says, how do you tell a communist? Well, it's someone who reads Marx and Lenin. And how do you tell an anti-communist? It's someone who understands Marx and Lenin. The second Reagan quote says, man is not free unless government is limited. So we say no to big government. Next, they are normalizing welfare again. All the rage about checks in the mail for families, college, universal, pre-K, etc. is not about improving the quality of life for you, your children, or for anyone. Because the government does not create prosperity. Because being dependent on the government is a guaranteed way to keep you in poverty, substandard communities, and the projects, and out of prosperity. Depending on the government is like waiting in a food line for someone to give you food, 
you have to keep coming back because they only distribute the minimum. When instead you can work hard and buy your own food and buy as much as you want it, or be the one who owns the food store, who employs the people, who distributes the bread to give to others. That's the difference between making the government your source and you your own source. The difference between capitalism and socialism. The one improves your chances of being financially independent and the other diminishes your chances. I like these two quotes from Reagan. First, the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. And second, we should measure wealth and success by how many people leave welfare, not by how many are added. Next, they are normalizing use of drugs. Our country and communities are already inundated with a drug problem, with many of our children dying of drug overdoses and plagued by opioid addiction and abuse. Yet many in our government continue to push the legalization of drugs, especially marijuana, even for recreational use in virtually every state. In my opinion, it's a slippery slope as we put money over morals and the well-being of our children and the nation. So just ask yourself, why do we want to legalize drugs that impair the senses? And how has increasing drug use improved conditions in our society and communities besides financially benefiting someone? None of these drugs are benign, and we have to recognize that if we're trying to create a world that is better for our children, then the legalization of drugs should be prohibited. As I see it, legalizing drugs is merely another way of dumbing down our children and the population and keeping the population disengaged and inattentive to the state of the affairs of the nation. So it is not time to legalize drugs. It's time to get back to the war on drugs and seek solutions to help those addicted. They're normalizing poor education. For years, progressives have dumbed down our educational system, leaving our kids ill-prepared academically and unable to compete as America is falling behind globally in education, math, reading, and science. And rather than educate our kids, they've chosen to indoctrinate them with sexual and racial ideologies and with their social justice, anti-America agenda, and train them to be revolutionary activists to dismantle American democracy, a trend that continues well into college. And it is a trend where indoctrination supersedes the education of our kids, and thus we are normalizing mediocrity in our children's academic performance. And then they further dumb down the education of our kids by prohibiting diverse opinions, critical analysis of theses, and by instituting woke policies like claiming that math is racist, rooted in white supremacy, and doesn't require a right answer. Well, math may not require a right answer in our school system, but it does in the real world. Moreover, they sculpt our children to be fragile emotionally with their concepts of everybody gets a trophy and with safe spaces that supposedly protects them from emotional harm and from anything that they deem offensive, as if life is going to offer them a perpetual safe place. What they are doing in our educational system is totally antithetical to educating our kids and preparing them for real life, and it's reflected in our kids' performance. 
So rather than creating a well-educated society of people ready to assume the task in a global world, progressives are deliberately opting to groom a docile, mindless populace that can be manipulated and controlled on command. And that is why they focus like a laser on our children who are pliable. And it's why for decades the government and schools have been trying to gain control over and rear our children and form their values. But our children are our most prized treasured possession, and they are not the collective property of the government. And schools are not re-education camps to turn our kids into mindless drones, but are institutes of higher learning created to produce a well-educated, critically thinking society. Something has gone horribly wrong here, and we need to require that our government get back to focusing on scholastic aptitude of our kids and quality education and leave value education to the parents and the home. They're normalizing revisionist history. For decades, the left has promoted a revisionist history of America and all the efforts to remove statues, rename schools and buildings, and introduce the 1619 Project, which says America was founded on slavery versus religious freedom, liberty, and economic opportunity, is all about revising America's history. They have even rewritten key aspects of our history, downplaying key people and events, virtually removing some out of the history books or barely mentioning their contributions to this country at all. They've painted America as a colonizer with no virtuous attributes and the founders as racist, immoral oppressors with no noble deeds. Yet this is the same America whose Christian heritage helped create a moral society, who has liberated countries from tyranny, who works at constantly improving itself, even fighting the civil war to end slavery. And the same founders who pledged and gave their lives, fortunes, and sacred honor to each other, and many of them fought and died for this country that we take for granted. Yes, many of them owned slaves, but slavery was an accepted part of culture during that time, and historically dating all the way back to Bible days. So it is one thing to present all of the facts in the history books, both good and bad. But it's another thing to rewrite over 250 years of taught history to make it palatable to the left. And when you resort to demonizing and maligning historical figures based on acts they committed during a different time period, then you're projecting your 21st century perspective on a culture that is 300 or more years old, saying, we don't like what you did, and you didn't live up to our expectations, so we want to eject you out of our history. Yet I guarantee you, if you lived back then, it could possibly be your statue, reputation, and name that they would be tearing down. No, we don't have a perfect history, but no country does. But this is the country that has the best record of striving to improve its racial past. Besides, history is not written for us to be discarding to rewrite into some nice little package that we like, nor is it written for us to judge, but for us to study and learn how we can improve ourselves and society. Because you can't erase your history without erasing your past. If you erase your past, you forget where you've been, and if you forget where you've been, you end up there again. Because you cannot improve your society unless you understand the history of your society. And if we want to make America and the world a better place and country, we do that by making ourselves a better person and a better people 
not by rewriting our history. They're normalizing bad science. In science, as in most fields, there is always a range of varying views of credential voices on the same topic. Even with COVID, there are varying scientific views on the issues on mass treatment, origin of the disease, etc. So it's imperative that the data and conclusions of all voices addressing a scientific query be made available to the public. But over the last decade or so, the left has begun to take an authoritarian official position that endorses only one camp of scientific data theory to the exclusion of all others. And then they promote that one perspective as the only infallible view and then demand complete allegiance to it by all. By all. They do it with climate change and now with COVID. And that's bad science because you need all scientific data and research at your disposal to vet any query. For example, recently the official presented an accepted version was that COVID had natural origins and all the dissenting scientific voices which stated that COVID was engineered and the origin was a lab leak that was banned, mocked, and labeled disinformation and conspiracy theory by the scientific head, media, and big tech. But now it's reported that the lab leak is more likely the origin of COVID. So their official report that they demanded that everyone accept is now proving to be false. So when they start shouting at you, follow the science, please be aware that there are always credential dissenting voices from the popular presented narrative in the scientific or any field and permitting the range of data and diverse scientific viewpoints is the only mechanism to better inform the public and to avoid false and bad science. They're normalizing witchcraft and curious arts, all of which the Bible denounces. They started this in the mid-1900s, first with the good witch in The Wizard of Oz, then later with the television series Bewitched, and now many of the programs on TV spotlight witchcraft and wizardry, including the movie Harry Potter, as they strive to glorify and make these practices popular throughout the culture. All the while, they're removing Christianity, the Bible, and God virtually from our culture and minimizing long-held traditions, trying to eliminate them out of the mainstream, such as Christmas, our holidays, and even patriotic activity like standing for the flag and the national anthem. Such attitude is a stark contrast to our founders and our legacy of which both have upheld all of these important traditions. In contrast, many progressives treat these things with contempt and are trying to cultivate a new America, even pushing Christianity out of the foundation and centerpiece of this nation and shifting our culture to emulate the dark arts and even the worship of Satan as seen so prevalent in our entertainment. But we can't have it both ways. Things like this are non-negotiable with God. You see, God made man religious and neither we will worship him or sever our connection from him. I believe now is the time to take a stand and ensure our Judeo-Christian heritage, traditional values, ideals, and holidays that makes this country great is around and available for our children to enjoy. And it's time to recognize that these are the things that makes this country's freedoms possible 
and keeps us as Americans connected to each other and to our God. In conclusion, if we continue down this road, there is no upside, but only a failed end to the democratic republic of the country known as America. But I think most people are not racist and most people love our country under its traditional moral values of Christianity, faith, family, freedom of speech, law and order, patriotism, capitalism, and hard work, and equality for all. And many have come from all over the world with nothing and have built multi-million dollar businesses. That's what makes America the envy of the world. And we must resist the attempts to transform this country into a godless, socialist experimental laboratory for the left and preserve the core values of this great nation for our progeny. So he who have ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord says. Yahweh God is never inactive, but is always actively superintending and guiding the affairs of men. So Lord Yeshua, like our founders, help us call upon your divine providence to steer this country in right paths. For Isaiah 32, 17 says, The works of righteousness is peace, and the effect of righteousness is quietness and assurance forever. In Jesus' name, amen.